everybody and welcome to the EC Method. I am one of your coaches, Chloe Maidley. And I am your other coach, Emma Story Gordon. Our goal at the EC Method is to encourage, educate and empower you to get the results that you've always wanted. Listen to our weekly podcasts, go to our website, theecmethod.co.uk or simply follow us on Instagram to get more information. Yeah. Um, I was at physio the other day and Jimmy, he's my physiotherapist, he's great. I've known him for fucking ever. And he, he was doing some like a partner assisted stretching with me and he was stretching back my hamstring. And he just pushed just a little bit too far from like what I was comfortable, like physically, not not mentally, physically comfortable with. And I just went, fuck me in the ass while my leg was over his shoulder. <laughs> And I went, I'm like, literally just slammed my hand on my face. I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I don't know where that came from. And he's like, it's okay. And I've been living in fear ever, think, ever since that he thinks I'm trying to crack on to him, which I'm not, just to be clear. Fuck me in the ass. I love that that was all good too. I don't, know, I don't think I've ever fit, completed that like that before. But apparently, apparently I had anal on the mind. How are you, Emma? Um, I'm much better, thanks. We were just talking before, though, about, like, mood fluctuations and how, like, wild they can be. Like, I was saying that, like, this morning I felt so low and then now I feel great and nothing has changed. I think also, though, because Emma's basically having a little bit, she's having a little bit of existentialism right now. And I do wonder if it's got something to do as well with you going to South Africa and spending time there with new people and a new environment, doing new things, and then coming back here, if it hasn't like jarred or jolted something in you that's a bit like, mm. I think when you you probably felt like you were, you were going forward, you do it, and then you came back to this and you probably now feel like stagnant in a way. Does that make sense? Yeah, but then sometimes I think you, I guess the other question is like, what's real? Now, obviously all of it's real, but it's like, are you going over there and putting like your life on here on hold or is that actually growth or, you know, I don't know. There's, there's like lots of stuff, isn't there? I mean, yeah, no, I mean, I, I understand why for somebody like you, you would see traveling and going abroad as like escapism in a way, but full circle back to what I said before we came live, we're all just wasting time till we die. So why wouldn't you be going everywhere and just meeting everyone and doing new things and seeing new countries and, you're having enough of an impact back here. Like you're not leaving, you are not letting things fester. Like, like I have a tendency to do. I like Zoe Dietitian's post this morning. Her name's not Zoe though. Oh, sorry, Sophie. <laughs> I was thinking, who's Zoe? Um, yeah, yeah, no, so did I. Also, um, if you want to read an article on that, that's extremely well written and it's just like such a good takedown of more broadly like how to think about supplements and nutrition information and like okay actually we should give context here the the glucose goddess has brought out a supplement that um reduces blood sugar spikes or claims to reduce blood sugar spikes What's and like one, uh it's called like spike or something or no, but just, like, what is it I mean like what's actually the active ingredient so within it are things like there's a certain like mulberry leaf extract uh cinnamon lemon juice 
stuff. Mm-hmm. So like some of them have like vague evidence of a slight reduction in um, glucose spikes after a meal, but none of them like in the combination that they're in, like, you know, it says it's evidence-based or it says there's like um, research backed, but like that there, there isn't research backed for that, that supplement and that property. And, and actually Nicola Guest wrote a really good article on oh. this. Huh? Oh, I want to read it. Yeah, yeah, I'll send you it afterwards. Um, if anyone wants to read it, just go to Substack and put in Dr. Nicola Guest. But she wrote a really good article on it. She is a researcher in um diabetes research, so breaks it down really nicely and kind of points out the flaws to it. And that even if it does work in healthy individuals, you don't need to be doing that anyway. And secondly, need for it. This is what I just don't understand. What's yeah, and, and even if it did work, it's it's probably not going to be clinically relevant for people and you're still looking at and this is probably the biggest point that she makes that I think we all need to like consider a little bit more like you are looking at the outcome as opposed to the problem so it's like I don't know like putting a bucket under a leak instead of actually going to the leak and fixing it like the elevated glucose levels are caused by something and normally it's the amount of body fat somebody has that's making them insulin resistant and thus unable to as effectively clear blood glucose. Um, but we should be looking at the fundamental problem and getting to the bottom of that as opposed to just looking for a bucket to put under a leak. Um, that's brilliant. Let's put that article uh, on the page maybe, or I don't know what you have it. Um, I'd like to read that as well. I just these things that just are just popping up you know talking about ice baths and cortisol and insulin and just just nonsense trends that are just taking off and it I find it all very very tiring it's moments like this that I'm really happy that there are James Smiths and Lane Norton's in the world because I just can't like I'm just like <sighs> yeah what keeping up with all the crap that yeah. like you want to yeah just, and also just being like fuck it I don't care if I get sued <laughs> This is my take on the situation. Um, right, okay, let's get going. Is your is your tummy better? Yes. Good. But I am now on a, I'm going to say this here because then it will hold me accountable. Um, I want to put on like at least three kilograms mm-hmm. within the next month. Oh, that's quite, a, that's quite, oh, okay. Well, good, have fun with that. Yeah. Five guys, five guys, we love five guys. I mean, okay. part of that's probably going to be like rehydrating myself, yeah. <laughs> filling up glycogen stores, you know? Yeah. Water, glycogen, poo. Yeah. 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 I'm really sorry. <laughs> she says no name. Please don't mention my name. And I've just. Yeah. Why don't we move on to another question and then subtly come back to this under no name? And then we people yeah, won't. What we'll do is from, from here on out, we'll do no names. Tell me better. Wait, sorry. Okay, sorry. I realised that no one had commented, but it's because it didn't load properly. We're good. Okay. Sorry about that. So what I'll do is I'll do the rest of the questions that we do today, we'll do anonymous from the post, and then I'll just throw yours in there randomly. Okay. Okay. Another one. Apologies if this has been asked before, but are collagen peptides worth the hype? Thanks in advance. Uh, I think it, it depends on why you are thinking of taking them. I think there's some nice evidence behind them, re-beauty, hair, skin, nails, et cetera, et cetera. Um, in, terms of, um, in terms of physique, no, it's, it's, not, uh, it's not a supplement or, or a source of protein 
that is going to be having any benefit on your um, body composition whatsoever. Um, Emma? Yeah, I mean, I actually think the first thing you said is so important. Like we get asked about supplements all the time. Mm. And really what, like, what, why are you taking it? What do you want to get from it? That should be the first thing. Cause actually, you know, like, as much as supplements are often seen as like maybe inconsequential because they might be quote unquote natural or whatever. Like actually, if you don't need to take anything, not only will it save you money not taking it, but it will save you potential side effects as well. Like don't take things unless you need to take them. Now, if you're like, oh, should I be taking this? And you can't even answer why you want to take it or what you think the benefit would be, then no, don't like, don't take it and know why you want to take it before you start taking it. Not just like, oh, someone said I should do this, but why, for what purpose? Yeah. And, yeah. and is that even important to you? Um, so yeah, I agree with what you said about collagen. There's way better dietary protein if you're looking to increase your protein intake for that reason, uh, that is also way cheaper, which is nice as well. Yeah. I do like that I had, I once had some, someone sent me some like collagen gummies. They were pretty sweet, but that's about it really. Yeah, but like, were they better than just like Haribo gummies? I actually don't like Haribo. Gives me migraine. So I'm going to say yes, but not for your average Joe. I don't think so, no. Gives you a migraine? What a specific trigger. I think it's like, I think it's got something to do with the gelatin. It just doesn't like me and I don't like it. Um, Okay, what do we have on the line? Hey, we've got Samantha Johnson saying hello. We also have Rebecca saying hello and how are we feeling? I'm much better. Chloe, how are you? I've been better. I was saying to Emma, I had a glass of wine um, with uh, my brother last night and I went to bed and I woke up this morning feeling like, I can't begin to tell you like the level of hangover I felt. So obviously it wasn't a real hangover, but it, I think it was triggered by drink, having a glass of wine with all the medication I'm on. I'm on a lot of medication, but today's my last day. So hopefully, hopefully I'll get back to normal soon. But yeah, I think I'm going to have to go. I think I'm going to have to parlay dry January into dry February as well. Oh, well, just so everyone knows, we do not recommend taking loads of medication and drinking. No. <laughs> Shock. Do as we say, not as we do. Such base level knowledge. Um, um, okay. Yeah, not fitness related. Have we an update on the Travis? Is it Kelsey? Kelsey lookalike? No, I haven't seen him since um, I told you guys. Although I did. Mm, oh, I'm like, how much can I? Thing is, nothing I ever say on this podcast goes anywhere. But then I'm like, oh, good. But some at some point, someone is going to find it. I know, and then I'm like, shit, because I've said a lot of shit on this podcast. There's so much I want to share with you guys. I should have even like James listening to it wouldn't be great. I mean, he would kick off. This is why I just stopped talking. <laughs> I, I don't know what when someone asked me on that Q and A the other day, like, do you like boys or do you like girls? And I was like, I'm boy crazy. That like, I, I do like boys. And then someone was like boys like you're a 36 year old woman I was like it was in the question and you know what yeah fuck it I am boy crazy when I it's still when I say man I think of like my dad uh uh would you call Zoe a woman or would you like I mean in your own head in your own narrative are you like it's my girlfriend like it's like yeah 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 girlfriend yeah otherwise it would be woman friend wouldn't it yeah and that sounds very platonic yeah friend it also just sounds very mature and I'm not in a mature headspace right now in case anyone can't tell I'm boy crazy <laughs> I listen to Taylor Swift I'm re re-stringing a friendship bracelet as we speak 
Oh. Okay, Samantha, I use collagen as the dry weather in Colorado screwed up my nails. It definitely helped. Good. Okay. Rebecca, question. How many protein things are too many, i.e. protein puddings, protein bars, protein shakes? I know proper sources are preferable. That's it. Um, no, it's not that they're preferable. It's that we want you to have a varied diet in every context, fruit, veg, fiber, um, protein, fats, carbs, like, cause it's, it's good for you. Cause you're getting like a full spectrum nutritious diet. Um, it's not that it's better and, and it is a real source, you know, whey protein is a real source of protein and arguably one of, in, in terms of physique, it, the best source of protein but yeah there is such a thing as overdoing it and it not being very good for your digestion and also yeah just from from a health from a nutrition perspective i would say one to two mats a day is enough um closer to one and get yeah. more varied in there yeah i agree i think some people someone asked me something about whey protein the other day and it being like unregulated or something and i'm like look it's literally milk extract. Yeah. You know, a lot of these things aren't, there's some processing involved. Now, now I think with that Netflix documentary that came out that was like really demonizing ultra processed foods, I think one of the issues with that is that we brand all ultra processed foods together and say all of them are bad. Now, we're certainly not recommending, you know, only eating ultra, ultra processed foods. And I would certainly recommend trying to minimize them. But you're probably never going to eliminate them without a hell of a lot of restriction, nor do you need to, nor do I think you'd see much benefit from going from like, I don't know, 2% ultra processed foods to 10% in your diet. Like it probably doesn't matter that much. Now, as soon as you process something like yogurt's meant to be ultra processed because of the way it's been processed, like it, you can't put that in the same category as like a McDonald's cheeseburger. Like, they're not the same. They don't have the same impact on your body, even though they both come under that umbrella of an ultra processed food. And I've had quite a lot of questions about that recently. So I think we need to apply a little bit of common sense there. Yes, absolutely. We do. And you know, who, who does have nice rants about this? I already mentioned him already. If Lane Norton's social media page, he breaks this kind of thing down in a really brilliant, fun, um, commonsensical way. I do feel like we've lost our common sense here a bit. Like, Having, first of all, you're never going to get away from having some processed food in your diet. And in a lot of cases, like we talk about dairy, that's not a bad thing. Um, we talk about whey protein, brilliant source of protein. I mean, utterly brilliant source of protein, processed. So A, you're never going to get away from it, even if you really try. Well, you probably could, but it would it would be savage on your life. And B, you don't necessarily want to get away from it entirely. And C, of course, your body is perfectly capable of digesting, metabolizing and breaking down additives and E numbers, etc., etc., etc. But of course, you don't want that to be the majority of your diet. You want whole foods in your diet. You want to be health conscious. It's this kind of, I suppose, it is turning into this like again perfectionist mindset around food now that is allowing things like Zoe and the glucose goddess to come out and fear monger about glucose spikes. So your glucose should be rising, and your your if you have a fully functioning pancreas, it should be secreting uh, insulin. And this is part of having a normal, healthy body. Why are we getting so bogged down in these kind of intricacies that our bodies are totally fucking fine with? By the way, like it's just crazy. Do you know what else is quite interesting about that? Especially is one of the 
underlying kind of rationales behind reducing your glucose spikes is this belief that if you have a glucose spike and then an insulin rise, um, you'll be more hungry later on, like you will crave more later on. And there's actually no evidence to support that. It just seems to be like accepted. Yeah, yeah. You know, there isn't support for it. And actually what was interesting is there's support for the opposite. Yeah. So, you know, that study that people always reference that's like the satiety index study and they get people to eat different foods and then everyone's really surprised because it's actually a potato, not something that's really high in protein that is actually has the biggest satiety yeah. effect for the given calories, right? Yeah. And that's partly because you can eat a lot of potato for your calorie buck, right? So if it's 200 calories of potato, is actually more satiating than 200 calories of steak as an example because they went through loads of food in this the other thing they noted is that the bigger the increase in insulin post meal the bigger your um or the reduction in hunger is higher right so the bigger the impact of you you feel more satiated with more insulin this makes sense because insulin is like a signal to your brain that hey there's food here you can turn down hunger because we don't need more food. So in some ways, like actually, well, I mean, in many ways, it's like, it's not, it's definitely not a bad thing. And there might be that benefit as well, that the increase in insulin, especially if you're sensitive to the presence of insulin, i.e. you're lean, you're fit, you're healthy, you're active, then actually it will reduce hunger, not increase it. Here, here. I love, I love that. That was brilliant. Okay. Oh, and on supplements, I take vitamin D, creatine, magnesium, vitamin B, and omega-3, 6, and 9, mainly because many perimenopause age and scared of symptoms. Yeah, those supplements are pretty decent. I don't think you'll be going too wrong with them as long as they're dosed appropriately. Um, Okay, hi, I'm only four weeks postpartum, so not exercising yet. Should I wait to start taking creatine? Or wait until I start back exercising. Thank you. Look, Emma and I, you know, I've always said this. Emma did a really nice post on this on Instagram a, a week or so ago. We can't tell you. I mean, you don't you don't say if you're breastfeeding or not. If you're not breastfeeding, yes, yeah, start taking it now. If you are breastfeeding, it's really irresponsible and unethical for us to tell you to take a supplement that has never been trialed in pregnancy or in or during breastfeeding. Um, and I'm not going to do that. Did I take it the whole way through my pregnancy and the whole way through breastfeeding and every day for the last, I don't know, 10 years? Yes. Is Bodhi pretty (laughs) smart, clever, big, physical? Yes. Um, it, it, again, from, again, I'm very wary when I say this, this is just opinion. In my opinion, from the research that I've done on creatine, the impact that it could potentially have on a fetus or a growing baby will be nothing but positive, both neurologically and physiologically. But that's my opinion. So I now leave that with you and you can do whatever you want. I think that's the point, right? Like here's here's the evidence. And there is some evidence on pregnant women. There's just not enough, you know, for us to be conclusive with it. And none of it has ever come back negative or dangerous. But we're evidence-based coaches and there isn't, you know, really strong enough evidence for us to actively say to people that you should take it. So given that it's your free choice, there is no mechanistic reason that it would have a detrimental effect. 
No. And if anything, as Chloe's saying, it'd be positive. But I mean, yeah, the, the, the studies, the studies, they're not, the evidence isn't strong enough, but the general conclusion seems to be if it had any impact whatsoever on neurological development of a fetus, fetal neurological development, I, I should say, or physiological development, it would be a positive one. Agree. Much greater minds, directly quoted from much greater minds than mine. Okay, let's go back to the question post. Okay, then. I've managed to restring two bracelets. Let's. Okay. I can hear Bodhi screaming in the other one. Oh. And that's that's not the questions one. I've gone on the comments of my last post. I was like, why are there just loads of Taylor Swift memes? <laughs> okay, here we go. When not tracking, how do you do the equivalent of lowering calories? I would love some general advice on this. Great question. Um, it's hard, but it would basically be a case of from my perspective as a coach you've got two options you can either start to reduce um certain foods that you're eating whether that's i don't know you have three snacks a day pull it down to two whether that's you have 150 grams of rice with your meal come down to 100 so reduction um or uh swapping so you instead of having the 150 grams of rice or both to be honest you could do 50 grams of rice and a big old handful of veg um, and then that will bring your calories down, but your food volume stays up. And also, you know, speaking of fiber and speaking of health and just a great thing to do from that perspective. Um, so that's it really reduction or, or swapping out for lower calorie options. Same can be said as well for fats. Fats is a really easy one. If you start to go lower fat with your dietary choices, if you're okay with that, some people don't want to do that <laughs> again, because of the fear mongering that seems to be omnipresent. But if you're happy to go lower fat, instead of having a 5% Greek yogurt, have a 0% Greek yogurt. Instead of having 15% mints, have 5% mints, and that'll automatically bring down your calories as well. Emma. My best tip, if you're not tracking, is to be consistent. And this is going to sound really freaking obvious, but like, if, if you're like, I need to lower my calories, eat less, right? Or eat smart. In fact, I'm going to recommend not eating less, right? Eat less calories, but I would fully recommend doing exactly what Chloe has just said. Keep food volume high, especially if you're someone who needs to diet on lower calories. And there are people that need to diet on lower calories just because so-and-so can diet on 1800 calories. Doesn't mean that you can because you're five foot tall or you're a smaller person, you're less active. Essentially your energy expenditure is lower. You will yeah. need to diet on lower calories. I think so many people now like almost treat women like the stupid of like oh no look so-and-so's dieting on high calories you can do the same well you can't because you don't expend as many calories right so it is all relevant to you and some women do have to diet on relatively low calories especially given the food environment that we live in so i would make swaps and i would keep food volume high so things like what chloe's just said um obviously you probably won't know exactly what i mean when you were talking about grams and stuff right if you're not weighing things out oh, yeah you probably don't know you don't have to know that or go back to it but you could be like normally I have this size of portion of pasta cool have half that and fill the rest with courgette or Mediterranean mixed veg or a bigger salad and you're gonna basically half the calories of that carb portion plus getting in more fruit and veg 
But the important part is you keep food volume high. And that is honestly one of the most underrated things, not just from a psychological perspective, but from an actual hunger perspective, like the yeah. way that your stomach stretches, the amount of fiber that you get in, even the time it takes for you to eat. If you just eat smaller portions, just psychologically, you feel restricted. You you end up eating your meals really quickly. You don't get half the satiation from it. And like, there's so many cool research studies showing that it's like the size of portion that you have that psychologically makes you feel fuller and not just psychologically, but from like an actual ghrelin level, the mm. hunger in your blood. So even if you're eating less, if you can keep your food volume high by making some of the swaps that Chloe was talking about, um, that should make you fuller for longer as well. Yeah, here, here. Yeah, psychologically as well, looking at a big old plate of food and taking your time to eat it as opposed to looking down at a small, tiny plate of food, which is just depressing. And then before you know it, it's been two minutes and it's gone. And these are, yeah, that your enjoyment of food, your enjoyment of the diet, and that is paramount. You know, that is, that's key. Um, okay, anything else? Um, Samantha, I think we need to get into the bracelets. Chloe, what are your top tips? What do you mean? Top tip. Top tip. First of all, go on Amazon, buy a bracelet making kit. I've got three here. Pick something. For me, typically they're lyrics from songs or my friends. Like my one of my friends made me, Courtney made me make her one yesterday that says, call me daddy, daddy. <laughs> so Courtney. <laughs> Pick something like it's a lyric, a lyric from a song or something like, you're, I don't know, I've got Bodhi, Bodhi, I've made Bodhi three or four, whatever. And then pick a color scheme. You don't want to fuck around with that. Like all of mine have different color schemes. And then you just sit down, put something on in the background and you just chill. Just chill. It's really, really nice. It's really calming. And when you make them feel friends, like you're giving them something that you've made for them to when they wear it, they know that you love them. It's like, it's really nice. People think I'm such a fucking loser, but I swear to God, guys, I am wise in my single years. <laughs> Um, okay, up to date. Okay. Excuse me, that's my best friend calling me. I will reject that. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm just going to call. Okay. <laughs> that was a little phlegm. Okay. Hi, ladies. I'm back. I've managed to maintain my weight post EC for. Oh, no, no, no. I think we did this in the last one. Yeah, we did. We're actually coming close to the first week of questions. We don't have anything else on the live no okay can you talk about working out while you're on your period i always want to lie in bed with a hot water bottle and lots of chocolate i've learned over the years that this doesn't make me feel any better so i get up take some painkillers and i go for a walk this usually does make me feel better i always tell myself that if i've taken my painkillers my stomach cramps then i really shouldn't be working out what are your thoughts about working out if you've taken painkillers my stomach cramps last a lot longer these days, so I can miss out on a couple of workouts a month. Um, absolutely fine for you to have painkillers and go do a workout, completely fine. What I would say is if you're taking anti-inflammatories, that, much like we were talking about ice baths, that can have a negative impact on uh, your response and adaptation to the training. So I would rather go paracetamol. And I would also say, again, for anti-inflammatories, but really for any and all painkillers, just don't have them on an empty stomach but you're absolutely fine to sink a couple painkillers and go do a workout. That's not a problem. Yeah. 
like you're on and even like even if like you know for a couple of days a month or like what's that one or two workouts you've taken ibuprofen it's not like it, it negates the whole impact of your workout no it's just that yeah you wouldn't want to be taking it all the time and that research is kind of more geared towards I think especially a lot of people like rugby players and staff Athletes, yeah you know, like high dosing anti-inflammatories and then training, which is not ideal. But if you're like, yeah, you know, for a couple of days, I take some ibuprofen and then go to the gym. It's not the end of the world. But yeah, I agree. Like if you can take paracetamol instead, why not? Yeah. Um, I called James the other day and I was like, oh, I feel really shit. Have you got any painkillers? He's like, yeah, yeah, I've got some tramadol <laughs> in the cupboard. And I was like, no, I'm good. Thanks, though. He said, why? It's great. I was like, no, I'm really good. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, if you want to be knocked out for like three days. It makes me sick as a dog. I had it like I had a headache once at a Six Nations dinner and Danny Cipriani gave me a tramadol. It like it fucking traumatized me. I'm never taking it again. Um, all right, have we got anything else? Yes. Okay, Samantha's in rescuing the live. Right. Let's spice this live up. What yes. is one most annoying thing you each find in the fitness space? Changes all the time. Yeah, depends on the day. <laughs> it changes all the time. I think, I'll be honest, for me personally, I'm projecting my tiredness of it all onto it. Like when we were talking about like, you know, the, the Zoe app and the ice bath trend and the, you know, and I see people that I know and respect in their field. Some of them I will remain nameless, whether it's like a celebrity encroaching into a space that they really have no place lecturing their audience about it really bothers me. Also, somebody who I saw this morning who had gone on a podcast and waxed lyrical about how awful calorie counting is. And this same person came to me a few months ago and said that they were, re- and this person is very educated in the field, and said that they were really struggling to lose weight and could I help them? Knowing full well that just a rough idea of calorie tracking is something that I coach. And also I believe is good in the long-term sustainability of a diet because it does allow you to have freedom uh, when, when choosing your food choices. Um, and it does eliminate restrictive dieting. And, and she knows this, she knows this, but then she's more than happy to go on a platform and talk about how awful calorie counting is, which I d- disagree with. And as Emma always says, and we always talk about this, the, the, the flag line is it's not accurate. None of it's accurate none of it's accurate like you it's it's just a ballpark it's a barometer and you look at the before and afters that we have for the ec method clients that we've done our own body transformations that we've done with our one-to-one clients we know what we're doing we're good coaches and you're not a coach you're 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 very you're very well informed in this space but you're not a coach and you don't know what you're talking about so please don't stand there people who are really struggling to, with an all or nothing mindset yo-yo dieting going from you know a, an unhealthy bmi on one side of it to an unhealthy bmi on the other side of it, yo-yo yo-yo and tell people what they should and shouldn't and how they shouldn't shouldn't be dieting when you're coming to me behind the scenes and asking me for help stop that really pisses me off but it does change from day to day and to be honest a lot of it is like chips I have on my shoulder that I project onto people and I'm fully aware of that Emma what annoys you that's that's true for everyone though and it's like takes a lot of self-awareness to like know and accept that 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 stuff does annoy me because it's like virtue signaling 101 like for me I'm gonna like protect all these people from this horrible thing and blah blah and then it's like but actually it's I think what annoys me is that I see so many people buy into it and they question what they're doing and they question themselves and they feel like a failure or that they should just love their bodies and even though this person who you look up to who says that she does doesn't even feel that way anyway 
and you feel like a failure because you don't because you think somebody else does but inside they don't either and it's like that's that's horrible I think my biggest thing that annoys me at the moment is big podcasts selling stupid supplements yeah predicting themselves so much and like I spoke to Amelia about this and she was like, yeah, but they're all just, you know, like the more it happens, the more they're just like shooting themselves in the foot. And like, it's obvious they're contradicting themselves. And I'm like, people don't see that. Like some people do. Some people are like, oh, how are funny. That you're... About, are you talking about ad reads or are you talking about like automatically slotted in? Cause my podcast will slot in ads. And I'm like, oh, no, yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's annoying. This is more, well, ad, ad reads, but also like, <laughs> you know you're making a lot of money from having this person on the podcast because you invest in that business and blah 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 but then it's like oh but you've got two businesses that literally say the opposite thing like yeah "Yeah, have a supplement or here only eat whole organic foods and have (laughs) blood glucose tested and blah blah all this stuff and you just think like they have such strong powerful platforms yeah it's it's worrying and I think the whole of the fitness industry and the health industry is like just overcomplicating everything like you said before like we need to just bring back common sense if most people were just like I'm gonna walk more gonna build my meals around protein gonna eat some fruit and veg literally that and hey I would love it if people would resistance train three times a week nobody needs to overcomplicate it more than that literally no one like it it, and that's what's worrying it's like oh you know if I just want to get in shape then I need to go to all these extremes it's like no you don't most people don't ever need to make it more complicated than that that's not the hard part the consistency is the hard part fitting it in your life is the hard part and that's why different diets work for different people because the same principles need to be applied slightly differently for different people in different situations yeah (laughs) that that definitely annoys me and then the other thing that does annoy me I wouldn't say it's my that's probably top but people are so judgy of what other people do I know I know like even if I don't agree with you know how um Rishi Sunak same said he was fasting this this week oh yeah and I went off on my dad I'm not gonna eat for 36 hours fine yeah which which is silly right but then I saw someone else being like it's you know like it's it's an eating disorder and blah 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 and I'm like what are you talking about like you I think we judge so much on what people do without knowing the context behind it. Rishi Sunak is very well adapted, having been someone who's had to fast his whole life. So mm. He's very well adapted to being able to fast or whatever. If that's how, that for him, if that's how he diets or keeps his calorie control in, or that's just his lifestyle and that's what he enjoys doing, perfectly well suited for him. For my dad, nah, you're all right. Like, absolutely not. And yeah, so I just, yeah, I completely agree with you. There is a lot of thing of like, oh, people fast to, ma- to mask eating disorders. And I'm like, it's just not true. I mean, maybe oh, some it's, people It's do. just not true as a blanket statement. Yeah, exactly. And like, I got asked to comment on um, what Adele doing two workouts a day this week. And I'm like, you don't know. I mean, maybe she does have a problem, but it's not your place to judge on that. And like, you don't know why she's doing it. None of us know why she's doing it, right? What's the intent behind it? Like, does she want to do that? Then great. Does she feel like she needs to? Like, I don't know, all this kind of stuff. I'm like, why do we feel like she could be preparing for a tour and she could basically have one workout where she's going through, I don't know, dance routines or maybe mimicking kind of movements that her body will be doing whatever and then one workout where she's singing on a treadmill for half an hour 
You just don't know. And yeah, why do we care? We love Adele because of her voice and because of her music. Why the fuck do we care what how many workouts a day she's doing? And you're not like she's if she was selling a health and fitness plan, fuck mm. her. But she's not, you know, and I say this about the Kardashians all the time as well. And the only time I get annoyed with all the nonsense that they spout about diet and exercise and hormones and everything. Ah, uh, well, she's, when they start, she's brought out a fat burner, hasn't she? Well, yeah, when they start promoting products and then I'm like, okay, now I care. Because I'm defending you guys being like, let them do what they want to do. And then they do shit like that. And I'm like, no, you're not allowed to do that, babe. Yeah, that's really, I think because their audience is so impressionable as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that you know, like young teenage girls, like yeah, it's a real bad role model to have. I listened to a celebrity gossip podcast called Dumois, and it's like it's kind of like Gossip Girl, but like it's all about celebrities. Really good, it's really funny. And um, one of them, they had a blind tip. They had people write in with like celeb tips, celeb sightings. Apparently, one of the one of the Kardashians is currently in uh, Switzerland having a hefty amount of plastic surgery. And I was like, which Kardashian is it? We're all gonna keep an eye out for that one. Mm. Anyway. what are you talking about I look exactly the same and I'm all for it right I get Botox I just have Botox I have put into my top lips when I look like oh my god it was so swollen but it looks normal again now I think um and I'm all for it like whatever if it makes you feel good makes you feel good wish I'd got my nose job sooner because that would have changed my fucking teen teenage years running around town trying to get boys to kiss you with a broken nose it was tough going on a sister guys um I'm all for it, but yeah, be real about it and don't start selling your new beauty range when you've just come from this clinic in Switzerland and had $9,000 worth of Botox put in your face. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Right. I'm five foot five and I'm around 89 kilograms and I've been dieting on a range of 17 to 1800 calories. It's quite slow going, but the general trend has been down. I had COVID a couple of weeks ago and I have slightly lost my appetite since then. I would have thought over the last couple of weeks I might have lost weight because of eating less despite moving less, but it doesn't seem to be the case. It's pretty much stayed the same. Is the impact of walking slash workouts really that big? I have an underactive thyroid and PCOS, plus fairly certain I'm going into menopause, so have no idea what normal is anymore. How, she said that her, she lowered her calories because her steps reduced, right? No, no, she just lost her appetite during COVID, so she's been eating a bit less. Oh, right, okay, fine. Emma, you start, because I think I got the wrong end of the stick with that question. Honestly, I mean, firstly, I just wouldn't read into it. Like, you might have thought you'd lose a couple more pounds because you ate a bit less, but we don't know exactly how much less, and it's only been a few weeks, and loads of things impact your weight. I think it's great that you're trending in the right direction. It sounds like you're being very consistent and that's relatively easy for you to stick to while enjoying your life and having good balance. So while you're still trending in the right direction, I wouldn't change anything. Um, It sounds like you're doing really well. And then, yeah, yeah, like movement does have a huge impact. Yeah. And actually, potentially, especially if you have PCOS, because not everyone, but some women with PCOS will have a lower basal metabolic rate. So it's going to contribute less to your total daily energy expenditure, which means your steps and workouts have a higher contribution in terms of percentage wise. Yeah, absolutely. It, 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 I'll tell you, I'll tell you this for free. The clients that I've had who I've been able to take very high recalories in their maintenance phase are the calorie are the clients that I have who have a very high step count so uh Katie is one that comes to mind I mean 
she's a very similar height build and weight to me but she can eat a shit ton more than me because that girl she's clearing well, well over a hundred thousand steps a week um and that's normal for her that's part of her lifestyle but um it plays a huge role and as emma said certainly with something like pcos even in terms of i mean any kind of even even the menopause that movement side of the equation is going to have a huge role in in how you look and feel and what what you what numbers you can diet on mm-hmm. But anyone who thinks now, slightly PCOS aside, because that can impact your basal metabolic rate, but when anyone's like, oh, I just don't understand, like as an example, why Katie can diet on such higher calories, it, it, it is always that they're expending more more calories. Like people are like, oh, well, why is her maintenance so high? Because she expends that many calories, that's why. Like there's no like secret behind it. Like if you're eating 3000 calories, it's because you're expending 3000 calories. It, assuming that your weight is stable and your body composition is stable yeah completely okay lynn i've been doing really well feeling slimmer but not lost a lot of weight uh lost about four centimeters from my waist since the start of the round i need some help navigating the next few weeks spending most of next week with my dad in cornwall so good choices is going to be difficult plus no gym but i can run then i have no kitchen for two weeks as I'm having a new one. I don't want to derail any tips. Currently marathon training for London, 14 miles tomorrow and three gym workouts a week. Um, yeah, it's great if you can try keep your activity up while you're in Cornwall, even if it's not with like your kind of atypical working out. So yeah, if you're training for a marathon, that's great. Get your runs in. If you feel like doing some home body weight workouts, great. But if you'd rather just run, that's fine. Again, it doesn't have to be like, oh, I'm going to Cornwall. So obviously I'm I'm going to really struggle. Like, not really. You just have to be conscious. You just have to be smart. You just have to, you know, if you know that you are going to go down to the local pub with your dad that night and have a pint of Guinness. I mean, I'm sorry to be stereotypical. I'm just, you know. Um, and, you know, that's going to be an added. I don't even know how much that is. 200 calories? I'm not sure. Um, then, you know, be smart with what food you eat at the pub. Or if you want to have the fish and chips or the Cornish pasty because you're in fucking Cornwall, then don't have the Guinness. Like, just be smart about it. And if you stay active and you don't fall in the fuck it bucket, you'll be absolutely fine and you really won't do much damage at all. I agree. I think even with the obviously not having a kitchen potentially makes things harder. But I say potentially because you could get some meal prep and make it easier. Yeah. And actually sometimes having that focus for those two weeks, you can't just rock up into the kitchen and snack on things. You can turn anything into a positive, like even traveling. Sometimes I'm like, when you're busy and you're traveling, it's sometimes harder to overeat. And yeah, you don't always have the option that you want. There's usually something decent. And if you think ahead, then you can certainly find something decent. So I would don't like go into it thinking, oh, it's going to be really hard because I've not got a kitchen. You could be like, right, over the next two weeks, it's it's actually like I'm going to be more structured with my meals because of this. Yeah, you yeah. are. Um. Okay, let me see. Right, I know hydration is important, but I keep seeing people at the gym carry around a gallon of water for protein or protein shakers between sets. Unless you're doing extreme cardio, is there a realistic purpose to this? Um, you, you should be you should be drinking water when you work out. Yes, you should be drinking water every day. Yes. 
Um, I absolutely couldn't think of anything worse than sinking protein shakes during my workout. But, you know, whatever. I've seen a lot of the big boys in my gym do that too. And I'm like, oh, okay. Completely unnecessary while we're clear. Completely proper bro science. But whatever, whatever makes them feel good. Um, And yeah, of course, there's such a thing as drinking too much water. You'll know because you'll be constantly going to the bathroom. You'll feel all sloshy and it'll be a bit shit. And you probably might even get some like headaches. You know, there might be some other symptoms. But I'm a big fan of staying hydrated, um, especially when you're training, yeah. And also, like, I walk around typically with, like, big bottles of water just because just, just buy a big bottle of water and drink it as I go. Do you know what I mean? It's, like, handy, nifty. Okay, hi both. Chloe, I've got the lovely viral tonsillitis going around, so I feel your pain. Thanks to the toddlers in the household. Looking for some tips for super-filling high-volume foods other than stir-fry. I'm currently around maintenance, I think, and I'm loosely tracking. I have a pretty good understanding slash guesstimating ability for tracking in my head. I'm 65 to 66 kilograms. I'm five foot four. I can upload photos if needed on the group, but I'm not super lean and I'm pretty active. I do an average of 11 to 12,000 steps a day. I have two toddlers. I do three gym workouts and a few runs and a cycle a week. Um, Not because I feel I need to exercise, but because I love it. Anyway, whenever I really tighten up to 1600 calories, I am so hungry. Uh, this has been fixed with a high protein yogurt at night slash after dinner, but often leads to not being near the 1600 mark and therefore probably not in a huge deficit. Anyway, in summary, I think I'm just asking for some ideas to spice up my diet to try and minimize hunger to reduce calories. Any tips? Yeah, well, the first thing I'd say is think about the meals that you love, that you find really filling and satiating, and then find the swap in them that's going to drastically reduce the calories. So spaghetti bolognese, you can get those squash noodles. What are they called? Boodles. I don't know if that's what they're called. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, they're really filling, um, fibrous, I think starchy, um, really filling. Um, and you you go from having 300 calories worth of pasta to sub 100 calories worth of a much more filling source. Um, again, like um, uh, I, do you know what I really like to do is loads of, like I like to do little roasts, loads of roast veg, um, and then like I do bisto gravy, which is also very low calorie. Um, so I get like, my chicken, all my roasties in again, very fibrous, starchy filling, like with the gravy, really yummy if you're me and you love bisto. Um, um there's like there's there's so much. There's, there's so many ways ways of doing it. Um I I would say having um having a, a protein yogurt to try and ease your hunger at night is is absolutely not going to do the trick absolutely not you need to really get some um, fiber in there yeah I think bulk out all your meals definitely I mean like the simplest thing is is swapping like more starchy type veg for more high fiber veg so things like swap the pasta for courgette swap the um rice for whatever like whatever you want celeriac rice celeriac rice is really good so i don't love cauliflower rice no me celeriac, neither no celeriac rice is really really nice and you can, get, you can get it in waitrose i know it's bougie but i think that's the only place i've ever seen it i might be wrong but it's almost it's also like it's not really rice it's like really thin diced it's just it's good it's really good mm. like that. yeah so so things like that and then also like iceberg lettuce and bulks yeah. up every meal adds a bit of crunch to it and that's another thing that people 
underestimate it's like you want different textures your, mm -hmm. your body like wants different textures as well not just all the same like sloppy whatever it's like yeah, yeah. once a bit of crunch in there and it just mixes it up cucumber like carrot you know like things that are like quite watery generally um because yeah. it's basically crunchy water right but it feels like you're eating something it bulks out your meals a bit yeah I, just, while we're on that because I love that you, you think about it doesn't necessarily how I said like think of meals you like and then find this what think about flavor profiles and combinations you like. So I really like doing, and I'm sure people listen to this and be like, what the fuck? But this is my palette. This is what I like. I like doing loads of onions, mushrooms, mincemeat, iceberg lettuce, maybe some kind of a salad dressing. It's a weird meal. It's not your stereotype, but that is a profile of, of texture and flavor that I fucking love. I'm here for it all day, every day. Um, and there's loads- I do, I do, And I don't do it as a wrap but like I'll do a chicken fajita salad yeah. and I enjoy that just as much as the wrap. Like yeah. it takes nothing away from it for me. And actually you can eat a bit more of it. Yeah. And you're saving a couple of hundred calories in a wrap. This is what I do as well. So I love chipotle, chipotle. Um, I just like calling it chipotle because James's dad said it once. He was like, oh, I've got, let's go to chipotle. And I just never forgot it. Anyway, um, so I would have like, you know, the burrito. Now, a large burrito wrap is somewhere in the region of one to 200 calories. But you can also get with them a bowl. So you just take that out and bang, you're down 200 calories. But you still get all that all that chickeny, lettucey, fajita, vegetable-y goodness. And it's very, very, very filling. So yeah, and, and just, yeah, think about flavor profiles. You know, and other ones I really like is like, chicken onions mushroom with like a tomato-y sauce and like just like a, a spoonful of like low-fat sour cream and it gives it like a bit of a creamy edge it's really nice also get my book eating for results there's loads of weird random recipes in there which will which will help you feel full great well all the rest of the questions on the post are I'm just grabbing my boob just grab a tip why not um all of the questions we are, you know that we're like quite in sync now when we dress and stuff for the lives. Yeah. Um, okay. Thanks for the tips. I do usually bulk out meals with lentils slash veg. Lentils mm. aren't great for bulking out meals because they're quite high in calories per like lentil. Lentil. Um, great idea. Re crunchy things like fajita salads. Um can easily add that in the higher protein yogurt was a few rounds ago when I said I was waking up in the night and feeling hungry so that fixed that problem oh, okay yeah okay great duck salad duck salad's great yeah because mm. you know what I notice as well like often you want the sauce so you might think duck and you might think oh the the nice what is it Hoist, ho huh? um hoisin yeah hoisin sauce on it but actually that's what you want it's not so much that you want like the rice or the wrap or whatever. It's more that flavor that you want. And it doesn't really matter in terms of like your enjoyment of it, whether that's on a nice crunchy salad or in a wrap that's going to cost you twice the calories. Yeah. Yeah. Flavor profiles, guys. What do you like? What appeals to you? My number one flavor profile right now is chicken and mushroom. Anything in a chicken and mushroom sauce, I'm like, ordered. There's nothing else on the menu that's relevant to me. Just that. Oh, yeah, no, not, not, mm, interesting. What's yours right now? Um, I really like sweet chili everything, but I always have. It's quite no. basic. No, I'm not into it. You look very pretty today. 
Thank you. Let's get off the live so I can ask you loads of personal questions. Okay, bye everyone. <laughs>